All right. Um, okay. Welcome to the 30th episode of the Conundrum podcast. Um, as I've said before, I plan on keeping uh, this thing going and bringing in lots of amazing guests. Um, up until now, I focused on primarily Atlantic Canada, and that will continue as a priority. Um, but there are some people um, from outside the region that I want to bring in. So from time to time, I will be branching out. And I guess this episode is kind of the start of that. I've been a fan of this person for a very long time. Really tried my best to to not fanboy out. Um, so we'll see how that turned out. I've always respected and appreciated his style um, and approach to music. Um, we kind of get into uh, the punk rock roots a little bit. We talk about the early days of professional wrestling, like before it became like the mainstream WWF, WWE now, I guess. And there's so many other questions that I had that I wanted to ask that we didn't get to um, because I wanted to be uh, respectful of his time. And uh, But we did chat about one of the things that I, I admire most about, about him, and that is um, how he speaks up and calls out um, people and their bullshit. By that, I mean like, you know, calling out homophobia, racism, sexism. And those are things that absolutely need to be squashed. I mean, we're, we're 2023. Anyway, um, I don't want to spoil the episode um, so or bore you with my introduction. Um, so please enjoy my conversation with the Mango Kid himself, Danko Jones. Hello, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you too. How's it going? Uh, fantastic. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, can you see me or no? No, I don't. Nope, there you are. Oh, there you go. Okay. I can see you now. Awesome. <laughs> I really appreciate you doing this, man. Um, when I when I ask anyone, I always feel like, like will they, won't they, or and uh, you know, sometimes you just roll the dice and sometimes you get to talk to some really cool people. So appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the the podcast at all, or um, I know Rich was on. Um, uh, just that Rich was on. That was yeah. about it. I don't know too much about it. And I, I know you don't do a whole lot of interviews and stuff like that. And, and you know, the whole um, music biz and all that kind of stuff. So this this podcast is, is more, um, it was kind of birthed out of um, when COVID hit. And we were all in lockdown. Um, mm -hmm. I play in, in a band and, you know, playing in clubs and stuff where that's really how you get to meet people and, uh, you know, discover peers and, and find new bands and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, so just the whole losing gigs really sucked. Um, mm -hmm. So I wanted to find a way to just kind of create that that green room and, and still be able to meet people and, and have conversations and, you know, build that community. Um, so that's kind of where the idea for the podcast was. Um, okay. So, yeah. And it's just, you know, to find out more about, you know, the arts and, and kind of what, what inspires people. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, dig into like, you know, personal stuff and dirt and all that kind of crap. Cause I don't have time for that and, and nobody really does. And, you know, so it's, it's just more or less that, you know? Okay. So, um, 
yeah, I didn't take a whole lot of notes because I just want to have a chat, you know, kind of thing. Um, there's a few things that I want to kind of pick your brain about, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, so, um, with that being said, I've, I've been a fan of yours for, for quite a while. Um, and, uh, I think part of what drew me to your music was while it being rock and roll, it still had that one foot in, in the punk rock world. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so just you know the whole energy and and especially the live shows that's what really drew me. Some of the YouTube stuff like with live concerts and stuff like that. Um, do you still feel like you're in the, in the in that punk world? Punk is a very uh, big word that encompasses a lot of different sounds and a lot of different bands that you know on first listen uh, might be 180 degrees away from each other. So. You know, the difference between, um, you know, the Clash and the Ramones is already, you know, that's a big difference. Um, and then you you incorporate hardcore and and uh, garage punk. That, that I mean, that's those are two different worlds, too. So mm -hmm. um, we came out of the garage punk scene in the mid to late 90s. It was a huge scene. Um, I mean, it doesn't exist anymore. But back then, I mean, there was so many bands and we got inspired by them then of course you know bands like the hives and the white stripes uh went overground and they kind of, and us as well and mm -hmm. and uh the scene kind of died um but bands like you know the oblivions and the gories and the makers and the new bomb turks and the john spencer blues explosion and you know all that stuff uh was really kind of the scene that we were birthed out of. And that had a lot to do with, you know, punk rock. But if you ask some kid who's into no effects or MXPX, they, they won't understand <laughs> if it's punk rock. So yeah. asking me if, you know, we're still in the punk rock scene. Yeah. I mean, we, we incorporate, we're, we're I consider ourselves like a, you know, at, at, at our heart, we're still a garage punk fan, but we also embrace, you know, the aesthetic of hard rock and, uh, you know, it's a completely different sound to garage punk, even though they're both guitar based. Yeah. So, uh, to answer your question, yeah, in heart and soul, of course, always. And that's yeah. how, I mean, that's, I'll always be like that, you know, yeah. and as a person, I mean, influence in punk goes beyond just the music and the sound. I mean, it's, for for a lot of lost people mm -hmm. um it informed them as to their moral compass you know so so yeah like it's it's always going to be a part of part of me yeah. yeah yeah um yeah growing up i um you know i got introduced to you know like the no effects and um you know rancid and all that stuff and, and the, the california side and then discovering you know the punk from the east coast you know like black flag and like the, the dc punk and you know um it definitely informed well, a lot of flag were, black flag were actually from um california uh rollins was from dc right um so yeah and that's just i mean that goes to show you and even within the black flag discography i mean it, it just goes off the rails at the end yeah, yeah so punk punk means a lot of different things to a lot of people um <clears throat> so yeah i mean yeah i just a lot, yeah and it, it 
it depends on your entry point with punk rock. So you're saying no effects is your entry point, but my, my entry point is like minor threat and bad brains mm-hmm. and, and, uh, Cro-Mags and black flag. So, so Rollins era is kind of what I like, um, from damaged onwards, which is not what a lot of people like. So, so that's, yeah. So it's so widespread when you say the word punk, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, and also I mean, seven seconds. Seven seconds. I mean, seven seconds sound completely different than you know the Chromags and Minor Threat as well. But it was from that time as well, yeah, or yeah, around yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forgive me. I forget who I'm talking to. I know like you're a huge audiophile and have a massive collection and, and a wealth of knowledge as far as you know. Not really. Not really. I mean, I, I mean compared, I'm just old. <laughs> <laughs> well i wouldn't no, i wouldn't say that you're much older than i am if, if much at all um but the thing is with punk rock it's always it's always um it's always the youth that that steer the ship you know yeah um and so it always feels like it's fresh and, and new and people forget about the old stuff you know yeah yeah it's true um but at, I, at the same time i mean i i i really love bands like turnstile um so you know and stiff richards and all these new bands so mm-hmm. you know it's 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 and they they take from older bands as well so oh yeah well i mean that's that's always going to be you know we're always going to borrow from our influences and then translate that into our own vocabulary to then put it out right like as a drummer myself like i steal licks from everybody until they become my own licks and then i figure out how i'm going to incorporate them into you know what project i'm doing at the time you know mm-hmm. and and i think as musicians as artists that's you know it's the world around you that influences all of that mm-hmm. so you know whatever your back whatever your background is you know yeah for sure um so growing up in in toronto um as a young person when when did music kind of light that spark like when did you um, get exposed to wanting to play music? I should say. Uh, probably when I was six, and I discovered Kiss and uh, joined the Kiss Army. <clears throat> and but then um, it was always there, you know. And then when I was a teenager, I got into. Well, when I was a preteen, I got into metal, and then when I was a teenager, I kind of segued into punk rock, but always was a metalhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was, you know, in university, I kind of expanded my my ear through punk rock, um, helped a lot, and um, started working at a college radio station and then met people. And, you know, I went to university for film, but I actually really just learned about all kinds of bands and stuff mm-hmm. and music. So at the college radio station there. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, college radio definitely, you know, has a, a wide variety of, you know, genres and, and you know, at the mm-hmm. college I went to here, we didn't have college radio. It was like a small community college. I come mm-hmm. from a small town that amalgamated into a bunch of, <clears throat> like a bunch of towns in the area kind of joined in to become a, a municipality, like a city. Um, mm-hmm. So a, a lot of what informs us comes out of the larger cities, but it takes like forever to get here, you know. Yeah. Um, so is there anything, well, I guess if we're talking about big city influence into rural communities, is there anything that you're seeing now, like that's trending now that, that you can see kind of 
expanding further into like other places? No, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I'm not on the pulse of what's cool anymore just because I, I, you know, it's, it's part of getting older is you like what you like. And every now and then, like, for example, like I mentioned earlier, turnstile will kind of turn your head and you, you just go, what's that? Mm -hmm. So um, there's bands that float my way now and then, but they have to be huge. I mean, turnstile is a band that everybody knows, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing out some obscure underground band. <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah. they're like one of the, you know, most popular new punk rock bands out there. Um, so, you know, I, I do manage to listen to a lot of music, but a uh, new music, but there's also a lot of old music that I, I haven't even gotten to yet. So I'm always mostly I'm playing a game of a lifetime game of catch up trying to, you know, listen to all kinds of music that, I just never had the time to before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I find myself like when I said, I guess my entry point was no effects. And then I went back into, you know, the stuff that happened before that I'm, I'm still doing that now. Like there's bands that, that I'm just now becoming not, not aware of, but just getting the time to actually dig into their catalogs. Like, mm -hmm. um, like bad religion. I was, I was a bad religion fan back in the day, but I didn't really like get it until now that I'm older and I can understand a lot of what was being said, you know, a lot of the lyrics that didn't make much sense to me as a kid. And, you know, I was too busy, you know, skateboarding and, and trying to play music to, you know, get the dictionary out and find out, you know, what, what's he saying here kind of thing. Um, right. But going back and going through the whole catalog, now they're like one of my favorite bands that I wish I had listened to back in the day, you know, mm -hmm. um, and their new stuff is fantastic. And I, I hope they keep going, you know, I think, I think they will, but as far as like your discography, um, so I know like power trio was just nominated for a Juno last year, which congrats on the nomination. Um, I thought it was deserving of album of the year. Definitely. Um, yeah. it was, it was in my top three of albums for, for the whole year. Oh, cool. Um, Thanks. And, uh, so I'm really looking forward to what comes next. Do you find you're always, kind of as soon as the album's out it's already in the rear view and you're moved on to something else uh i mean yeah in this in the sense that by the time it's released we've all heard it between the three of us like a hundred thousand times so in a way it's already old news to us but that's because we probably have lived with it in one form or another for you know a year before everybody anyone hears it um uh but no i don't really start writing anything on guitar until you know you get the word or it's time to write a new record so i don't i don't really i don't really do that i should you know keep writing through the year or mm -hmm. through through the time in between um but yeah it just doesn't work out that way i don't yeah. know why well, I, but, I think sometimes yeah. maybe, you know, you could play yourself out that way. You know, if you're, if you're not taking the time away from doing it, then you're kind of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you're, you're just going to like phase out of it. Like you're going to lose the the passion to, to want to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But at the same time, I, 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 I'd rather just keep writing. Cause, cause when we finished a recording session, 
I do really feel like I can, I can keep writing another record, all, mm -hmm. every single record we've done, but you know, there's so much stuff to do after the record is the recording is finished. You know, we have to tour, we have to, you know, start to promote the new album. You got to tour it. You got to do yeah, the artwork and all these little details get take up time from just like clearing your, your schedule and just concentrating on writing mm -hmm. yeah. is what happens when you're writing a record. Like you can't write on the road. Mm -hmm. I can't at least uh, I can't. And every, most, most things that we've come up while on the road have never made it onto an album. So. Okay. So it's just sort of, you know, jamming just to keep those creative juices flowing kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so when you are writing an album or writing new music, you're not locking yourself in a room and, and kind of presenting a completed song to the band. Are you more, collaborating with the other two i mean most of the time it, it works with like i'll come up with some riffs and some melody lines to it maybe there's a lyric here or there or if i'm ahead of myself and then i kind of arrange it on you know a garage band i'll just come up with a loose arrangement send it to jc <coughs> and then the next day i'll get it back completely uh, arranged differently right. um and then we proceed from there i mean that's just usually how it is he's really good at arranging songs mm -hmm. um so he takes whatever guitar riff i come up with and then he'll he'll mix and match it as as to and usually his arrangements i'd say 95 percent of the time end up on the album the the arrangement is basically how it is right. um and then sometimes he'll throw in a, an extra part here and there yeah. yeah oh cool um so rich being the seventh drummer something like that uh one Some, somewhere around there two <laughs> three four uh five six yeah he's the seventh drummer yeah yeah um which all of your drummers have been you know, phenomenal. The one, the, at least the ones that I've seen. I'm sure there's some that I I didn't get to to listen to or hear. You know, there were kind of quick in and out. Um, but and out of all of them, and, and you know, there's there's definitely you know, certain parts that they play that I'm just like, God damn, that's cool. Um, but for me, uh, especially in the the last you know four four albums, it Rich is kind of that that guy. Um, I don't know if it's the the chemistry between the three of you. Um, just from my entry point into the band, which was pre-Adam. Um, it's kind of that KFC secret herbs and spices thing, you know. Um, the lineup that you have now, I find, is just incredibly strong. And there's definitely a, a show that happens, you know, with the three of you that that I think is is really special. Yeah, I think, I mean, Rich, first of all, has been in the band the longest of all those drummers. Yeah. Um, and I think he's the best of all of them. So that's lucky. Um, the worst would be like, yeah, Rich is okay. But man, that one guy, uh, too bad that didn't work out. Yeah. So it's actually, in a way, we had to go through all those six drummers to find Rich. And the mm -hmm. chemistry on and off stage and offstage being probably more important, Most important is, yeah yeah is is what keeps it going and um 
yeah, his choices are great. Don't uh, I, I basically go by if nothing sticks out to me, I don't say a word. You know, like if there's so his his choices are fit the song perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I got no complaints in that department. And then live, you know, I mean, it definitely has uh, what it takes to be on stage and you know the 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 performance aspect of it is is mm-hmm. all there and uh and then in, and then you know interaction with people and stuff is great too so yeah um it's hard to come by as we've witnessed through seven drummers mm-hmm. um but do you think uh, it's uh, do you think it's because he's a maritimer <laughs> maybe it could be i i I don't know it might be a regional uh uh, quirk (laughs) but uh yeah i mean we've had people who think that they're all that Mm -hmm. you know like they they come into the band and they think they they they're gonna run it now and Mm -hmm. jc and i are just looking at them going who do you think you are i mean (laughs) you know we've had this band for x amount of years and then there's other people who I don't like talking about specific people, but no. I mean, there's been personal issues behind the scenes that were beyond my scope. I just want to play rock. And yeah, if you can't, you know, have your stick on the ice when you need to, I mean, like, what are we supposed to do? There's, it's only, there's only so much we can do to carry that person until it starts shooting us in the foot mm-hmm. and f- fucking us up. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, you know, there's been times where uh, someone's a drum, a drummer who was in our band's lack of responsibility almost cost us a tour, you know, mm-hmm. before it started, you know, when mm-hmm. when we were at the airport. So, so like that kind of stuff is completely avoidable. But if it happens over and over again, you gotta, you know, cut cut it loose and yeah, move on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've I've only played in in three-piece bands well, i guess like my earliest band was like a four or five piece or whatever it was um but like there's something about the trio that's just something magical about it i mean like some of the greatest bands have have been trios you know your rush and triumph which triumph to me i think gets not nearly enough accolades as they should um i don't know, have you did you watch that um that documentary on triumph that was on i think it was amazon prime or um can't remember what it was called now, but I'm in the documentary. Holy fuck, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only watched it the one time. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, obviously your feelings are mutual. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, Triumph. I mean, I they're from Toronto. I'm I'm from Toronto. And mm-hmm. so growing up in Toronto, not just in Canada, but Toronto, you had Rush and Triumph. So there's, you know, both are local bands and both you want to champion. Whereas I think outside of Toronto or outside the province, you, you have, you, you got to pick one, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah. And then outside of Canada, they don't even sometimes realize they're both from the same city right. um, or even from the same country. So it's just kind of an even playing field. But um, when you go back to Zeppelin or Sabbath, I mean, they have the same instrumentation. Yeah. Yeah. So Trios. it's, it's yeah. definitely uh yeah it's it's definitely and and sometimes lizzie as well um Mm -hmm. so it's it's uh definitely the i think the the best way to go yeah speaking of lizzie um i know that there's a few songs um that girl 
and raise some hell specifically that, that I, when I'm, I was driving. Raise some hell. Raise some hell. There's no Lizzie influence there, but that girl definitely. Uh, you are my woman, definitely. Yeah. Uh, City streets, definitely. Um, definitely Lizzie um, inspired. Yeah. I mean, if if I had my way, I could do a whole album that sounds like Lizzie. But of course, then we'd just be nothing but a Lizzie knockoff. So the, <laughs> right. the best thing to do is to throw a to throw a Lizzie sounding song every now and then. There isn't one on. I don't think there's one on Power Trio. But there was one on a rock supreme, so we'll we'll mm. we'll throw it in there every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, to me, like top five of all time, at least. Um, where would you rank Lizzie? Uh, I mean, in like your personal top five favorite bands. Just yeah, like of all time. They have to be in a conversation, know. right? Yeah, for sure. I I, I mean, they're my go-to or one of my go-to bands that I listen to when I want to listen to music, but I can't think of anything else to listen to. But I mean, all time favorite bands, I would say Kiss, uh, Beastie Boys, uh, Sabbath. Yeah. Lizzie. Um, yeah. Uh, they'd be in there. I think definitely top 10. I don't mm -hmm. know about top five, but definitely top 10. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, by the way, the Danko and a bag of chips is phenomenal. I hope that comes back on your next tour. Thanks. On your next yeah. leg. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I should do another one soon. Where did you come have, up with uh, the idea for that? Well, I wanted to do um, uh, a Twitch channel. So, like they were doing Twitch channels. Like Matt from Trivium were, were like, I read this article on him and he was making $40,000 a month for this Twitch channel during the <laughs> pandemic. And I was like, what? So my friend, Daniel DK, who's an exciter and he was in diamonds. He has a really popular, successful Twitch channel too. Mm -hmm. And so he was, he offered to set me up with whatever needed to be done. And the gimmick was going to be like a bag. I take a new bag of chips, a different brand. And then I play, uh, Marvel's Contest of Champions, and that's all it is. You see the screen? Mm -hmm. Because Matt was incorporating video games in his as well, um, and playthroughs and playalongs. Um, but I didn't want to do that. So I just I just wanted to do Contest of Champions by Marvel and uh, while I eat a bag of chips, and then I listen to a, a record. And, mm -hmm. and staging that, I, I didn't even get I'm not a gearhead. I don't get it, all that stuff. So, and it was a pandemic. So Daniel couldn't exactly come over and help set it up. So staging yeah. that, I was like, I don't know. So I just decided to do these like Instagram posts instead. Much easier. And tag the, yeah. And tag the brand of chip, which is basically my, my goal is to get in with all these chip companies. Yeah. But my favorite chip company is the Neil brothers, Neil brothers, who are out of Aurora, Ontario, just outside of Toronto. Yeah. And they have their chip, their chips are amazing. And so I've since become friends with, with Peter Neal. And they even sent me a, a big uh, bag of stuff. So, so, and I, I love their stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have a, a chip brand company here based out of New Brunswick, um, Covered Bridge. They're based out of. Hartland. Oh, I love Covered Bridge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the, uh, actually Rich turned me on to those. Uh, the, the deal is actually 
my favorite out of all their flavors. I should yeah. do. They follow me on Instagram, um, and I follow them. But um, I've been meaning to do a covered bridge episode. Yeah. So, so they they can be sometimes difficult to find. Usually, like in I guess we have a Sobies. I don't know what that would be called over in Ontario. It would be called Sobies. Is it? Oh yeah. Okay. They're all over. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was just a maritime thing. No. Yeah. yeah. And covered bridge is pretty easy to find. Yeah. Not. I mean more so now but usually the only place i can find them is 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 at the sobies they don't have them in like the gas station kind of irvings and stuff like that um yeah i don't think they're that accessible mm -hmm. like at gas stations but i mean grocery stores you can find them yeah not every grocery store stocks neil brothers but or maybe they'll they'll stock a bag or two but they don't stock all their different flavors mm-hmm yeah. Whereas hard bite out of BC or out of the West coast is, is um, pretty easy. And they have lots of flavors at all the grocery stores. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love, I love chips. I just, I did a whole family size bag by myself last night of uh, dill pickle. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it's dangerous. So it's I, dangerous. The, what I usually do is I'll, the chips that you see me eat, I'll just, those are the only ones I eat out of the bag. Yeah. on the episode i i don't finish the bag yeah i uh yeah i had a, a rehearsal last night so i was like craving carbs hardcore so. yeah right yeah. um uh so i i know you have um i've seen you know i follow you on instagram and stuff so you've got like the, the luchador masks um quite a collection of them and i know um your wwe uh featured uh royal rumble um one yeah. of your songs um are you a are you a big pro wrestling fan or is that just sort of kind of happened? Well, I mean, I I'm an old school wrestling fan. I don't really follow wrestling anymore. But back when I was a kid, I I was um I was rabid uh, wrestling fan, and so I bought all the magazines like Inside Wrestling, Wrestler, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Main Event. I had all of them every month. I'd buy them all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's like stacks of them. So I would go through all the uh, territories and I'd learn all the wrestlers. And eventually when it kind of amalgamated into the WWF, uh, it would be amazing to watch someone that I'd only read about transfer over to the WWF. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them didn't. So I'd never got to see some of those wrestlers wrestle. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, with obviously YouTube and the WWE had a series of DVDs that they was they're putting out um, that had some of these wrestlers, and then um, uh, like just underground DVD trading. Mm -hmm. I've got tons of those those matches now, so I've got like a whole stack of like old school, you know, Kabuki wrestling matches with Gary Hart as his manager, and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um... So what what era would that have been that you would have been like your favorite time? Uh, my favorite time is like the uh, early to mid 80s Atlantic wrestling. That's my favorite because it had my favorite wrestlers like uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Jay Youngblood, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man, Valiant, the Valiant Brothers, uh, and the, the Valiant Kabuki feud was one of my favorites. 
yeah anyways yeah that kind yeah. of stuff dicky slater yeah. uh yeah yeah ricky steamboat um yeah because i i didn't get all those being like again you know small community small town we didn't get a lot of access to those you know public channels to you know see all the different territories and stuff but when he went over to the wwf i found ricky was just on another level and, and he still wrestles now yeah, i mean it's, it's not um, this it's kind of like the whole rick flair final match which was terrible. yeah um, they should you know, do it no there's a point where you got to stop but uh I saw uh, somewhere online that, that Ricky had hadn't had another match and he looks phenomenal. Like he still looks Ricky. the guy. Yeah. I mean, I know he became a superstar in the WWF when he moved there, mm-hmm. but to me, his tag team bouts with Jay Youngblood are on the, that's my favorite tag team. My favorite tag teams are Ricky Simbo, Jay Youngblood, the road warriors, the Legion of doom. And then, uh, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson, which is the rock's dad. Um, yeah. Those are my three favorite tag teams. I can watch those matches all day long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jay Youngblood, Ricky Simot, those are, that's my favorite tag team of all time. I think. Yeah. Um, and nobody knows about it. Like everybody <laughs> just knows the dragon and then how he flips on the ropes and doesn't fall out. And yeah. it's cool and everything, but he never did that stuff with uh, Jay Youngblood. He was no. never doing those karate chops. Yeah. The way he, the way he made it look like he was like Bruce Lee or something. It was kind of, yeah. That was the thing is like the WWF really cheesed up a lot of the wrestlers, and I know they had to to make it really accessible yeah. to a wider wider audience. But Mid Atlantic Wrestling was pretty raw, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's the thing I like about the wrestling from back in the days, those, those territories were independent. And so there's a really raw aspect to it, much like punk rock. I mean, that, you know, the WWE F or E, uh, kind of, I don't know, just white. Yeah. They, what they washed it all. I mean, yeah, they really made it mainstream. Yeah. Like, and there was a point where now everyone's like, you know, they're wearing the black trunks. They'll, they all look the same. They all act the same. They all have the same, you know, there's no real, character development the storylines are non-existent well, basically, cheese, you know? like the cheesy like but back in the day the wwf was the one that i really wanted to watch because i was watching yeah. mid-atlantic and i kept hearing about um hogan and bob backland and the iron sheik and the wild samoans and that was the stuff that i was i was really interested in and then and then then i got I got a, I got an overload of that stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I was into Bob Backlund too, who was the WWF champion before the Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody forgets about Bob Backlund, you know. Yeah. So anyways, and the AWA stuff. Like, there's a great new TV show called uh, Tales of the Territories, I think, and The Rock is the narrator, but they get okay. all these different people from back in the day like the Briscoes mm-hmm. and um, uh, the, the, well, they were the killer bees in the WWF, but like yeah. those two guys and, and uh, Kevin Sullivan and, and just all these round tables. It's, it's pretty wild. So yeah. yeah. Is that the one with Freddie Prince jr. At the table? Is he, uh, he might be, I'm, I'm working my way through it. Okay. I'm halfway through the series. Yeah. But I haven't seen Freddie Prince Jr. at all. Uh, there's been um, uh, I, I watched the 
the episode on Memphis wrestling, Florida wrestling, um, AWA and the Andy Kaufman, Jerry Lawler thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to look that up. Cause that's, I'm totally into like, it's on whole... crave. It's on okay. Crave. I, I do have, I do have crave. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause that's all that, anything that's like behind the scenes, you know, how it's made, you know, the big thing for me, like watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy was when they released those DVDs with like the eight hours of footage of, of you know, how they made it and that kind of stuff that, that really, intrigues me um right. which is why i always kind of like to find out you know how people approach their instrument or their craft you know to find out how how they make what they make because i admire what they do and what they create which is why i asked you to come on the podcast at all um right, right. um but yeah we could talk we could geek out on on wrestling and you know <laughs> for for hours um speaking of you know how it's made and, and you went to film school um so your music videos um how much are you involved with the like the treatment like the storyboarding or or any of that kind of stuff that leads into music videos not much i mean uh the director usually pitches the uh the idea mm -hmm. to us and you know we decide as a group mm -hmm. um that's about it I mean, these days, music videos aren't really a priority for us anymore, and they're mm -hmm. more of an afterthought. So a director can pitch something, but if it's like, you know, laden with a lot of storylines and a lot of acting and a lot of setups, we're very not interested. We've done like 40 videos. We're kind of over it. I am at mm -hmm. least. Yeah. So if you notice, the last few videos we've had for the last few albums are either like... um like done in post or you know the, the, like live footage not, or you're not in them. yeah a lot of live footage stuff called live footage and is edited together or animated stuff or you know just that doesn't require us to to be there for very long yeah. and if if we're doing a live performance video in some sort of location chances are it took about three hours out of our time mm -hmm. and nothing more which isn't um, a lot, which is good. Yeah, because uh, we just, we don't really, I personally fucking hate doing videos. I think mm -hmm. there's such a pain in the ass and yeah, like they the, really the below don't the belt too much. The below the belt trilogy, that, that looked like it took a lot of time. I mean, you had like, you know, Lemmy and Elijah Wood and, and Mike Watt and, you know, a whole yeah, bunch that of, would, you know. Yeah, that would mean, definitely uh, get us on set for the full you know days and all that stuff because yeah. it's more than just the music video playing the song yeah. um, calling in favors was, for people to show up yeah well we you did know. and yeah, yeah. you know the directors did too so that definitely made it you know that it kept our attention and kept us interested definitely mm -hmm. you know yeah. and it was exciting it was just simply exciting to have all these different people on set and you know hanging out and getting to know them and then being associated with us and working with our band so that was that was cool but yeah. uh i mean if we were to do it again definitely would be down for it but it's also very costly and time yeah. consuming so yeah, yeah. like you say that the return isn't there as it was before like there's no much music or mtv that plays music videos anymore so it's no yeah. it's just youtube or just what have you I don't even know if there's any other access to no. it. Mm. I mean, it might be like a, 
like a video that you can watch on Apple Music or Spotify, but yeah, I mean that doesn't really get numbers. People don't really watch that. I don't think I don't. Yeah. So yeah, um, probably my favorite video, um, at least in, in recent times, that of yours is the the video for Dance Dance Dance. Like to yeah. me, that was such an empowering, beautiful video for women. Like, and I I find that with really not. <laughs> We got a lot of we got a lot of criticisms for being really? sexist because yeah, oh, which, uh, people don't understand. Yeah, they don't <laughs> they understand. Don't Those three dancers, they that, that was their own choreography. Yeah. I mean, they're just a dance troupe or a dance group in um, Sweden, and the the direct it was all shot in Sweden. The director Amir is a friend of ours for a long time, and he's uh, he's become quite. He did all the helicopters videos and he's become quite a movie director in his own right. And mm -hmm. he was actually just in town, November, December in Toronto, filming the uh, Borea Salming um, TV series. Um, and so he was in town and yeah, so he, he did that and it was a long time coming to work with him. So it was great. I love that video. Yeah. Like, like I said, to me, it was so empowering and beautiful. And I, I mean, People that don't see that, they really need to like, you know, check check themselves out because. Oh, I I have no time clear. for these people. Right. I, I don't have any time for for anyone who doesn't who doesn't understand that and who would make judgment without knowing all the facts. Those women showed up on set in their own outfits. No one dressed mm -hmm. them, and they did their own choreography. No one told them how to dance. It's mm -hmm. their thing. That's what they do, and Amir just shot it. Yeah. So that was, was, yeah. Yeah. Stupid. To me, it was amazing. Uh, and do you find like, cause I find that with your lyrics as well. Like I find mm -hmm. a lot of your lyrics, like, yeah, you know, you're talking about sex and drugs and rock and roll and stuff. Cause you're a rock band, but I find a lot of songs are very lyrically empowering for women to me at least. Cause you're talking about, I mean, love, there's nothing wrong, about, but you know, I mean, there's a but with your comment and there's nothing wrong with, with singing about sex i well, no. i think a lot of people are are um i enjoy the fact that i do that and you still can't i, I you can sing about sex without being sexist and mm -hmm. um i've always uh challenged anyone who accuses me of being sexist uh in my, in my lyrics and in and what it shows is is more their hang-ups and their issues projecting and sometimes their racism um projecting onto me and mm. and uh I've, I've i've there's only one line that i can say you know i've, I've said i'm not going to say in a song because i don't want people to like oh gotcha yeah um, no but i but at the same time i mean i wrote that when i was 23 mm -hmm. um i'm not 23 anymore and it was just a simple line to to rhyme with the rhyme before <laughs> right it's, yeah, it yeah. was stupid and but ever since then or even before then there's been nothing uh and that's not a deliberate thing it's just a natural thing because i don't consider myself sexist um i've even gone as far as to publicly state i'm a feminist even mm -hmm. though that's that really pisses off a lot of guys um and i'm a feminist a lot of, yeah raises a yeah. lot of eyebrows because people think that you have an ulterior motive by saying yeah. that um but when you break down the um definition 
I'm for equality of the sexes. And that's, 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 that. that's, that's, that's what that's it that. is. Yeah. Um, you can call it another term and I'll use that term, but that's the term. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people over the years who've, 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 you know, raised the issue with my lyrics, but they don't raise the same issue with other bands that have equal, if not more, a questionable lyrics oh, or problematic absolutely. lyrics. So I, I always, I always find that interesting, yeah. but I mean, that's a discussion that can lead to another <clears throat> few hours talk that mm-hmm. I'd rather not get into, but, but it is interesting. I note everything mm-hmm. and I quietly note it. That's all. Sometimes yeah. I will, sometimes I will say stuff on Twitter um, because I just can't handle it anymore. Or I do it to embarrass or, shame um incels misogynists mm-hmm. racists sexists and homophobics um yeah. but uh that's about it yeah that's and, and that's one of the things that that i admire about you is that you do use your voice and your platform to speak out on issues that need to be addressed and then i don't want to say like you, uh, you know you say your piece and you drop your mic but you know, a lot of people don't have that platform to say things that that should be said or call people out that need to be called out. You know, and I don't want to. Oh, I, I don't want to go into the that... monster truck thing. I just no. mean like, oh. you know, like, but but <laughs> just a, that you know, but people do need totally to be called out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did call them out. I mean, in that situation, I did call them out. Um, I heard behind the scenes that there's a few reasons or a few things that happened that ended up they ended up associated with all that but these days it's very polarizing Mm -hmm. and unfortunately being quiet on all this it means you're complicit on all this and i definitely don't want to be don't don't want to feel number one feel like i'm being complicit but also seen as being complicit by just going hey come to our show buy our new album you know we have t-shirts for sale and that's it um, during this polarizing uh, time of of we're living in, mm-hmm. um, especially when if it leans a certain way, I'm going to be affected negatively, and my family members will be affected negatively. If if it leans uh, in a way that you know, it's we've seen it. I mean, there's a rise in white nationalism. There's a rise in there's an uptick on on misogyny. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's insane. And, and so that needs to be said, you know, that needs to be at least come out and say something and confirm to a lot of people, not all people, but a lot of people who are thinking the same thing and make them feel like less alone. You know, that's all I do. I know my tweets are not going to change the world. They're like half a drop in, in a huge bucket, but, but at least, you know, I get it off my chest, clear my conscience and maybe Mm-hmm. Uh, someone gets affected by it positively. You need to adapt and change and become a better person. And and I have a tattoo that I'm planning on getting covered up because I don't want people to associate it with how that person was in their life. Like the tattoo means something to me, you know, because as a kid, you know, growing up, I watched, you know, we were talking about wrestling, you know, Ultimate Warrior back then, you know, his message was, you know, you know, be a warrior live that warrior life and, and, you know, affect change and, and be good and all that. But then finding out later on that he was a homophobe and, and, you know, all this other stuff that I don't want that associated with me. So 
I plan on getting that covered up because I don't want that misrepresentation onto me. Yeah. I mean, I would say like in, in that certain situation, if I was, let's say to see that on you, I wouldn't go, Whoa, what's going on here? This mm -hmm. is questionable. Mm -hmm. I would understand that this is a lot, why a lot of people don't get is I would understand the time and place you got it. I would understand that people change and you have to allow people to change and you can't hold them to, to a standard that wasn't around 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You, you, you just can't do that. Um, there's, it's so nuanced. There's just so many sides and shades to it that it's not black and white all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you had a, if you had a tattoo of Hitler and you're like, you know, I, mm. you know, I, I used to think that way and now I changed, then I would say, yeah, you should maybe cover that up, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't go, uh, I wouldn't call if you had definitely changed your ways. I, I also wouldn't, and it's genuine. I, w I wouldn't say like, you're a terrible person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're still a terrible person. I see it. I see that a lot. Like mm -hmm. nobody, nobody lets people uh, change. And that's why it's so polarized to this day, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, or these days it's so polarized. Mm -hmm. And also when you're proven wrong, you have to double down so you don't lose face. And that yeah. is just the worst. Nobody, nobody can just go, Oh, really? I didn't think about it that way. Like nobody says that. Yeah. Nobody takes back or steps back. It's terrible. That's the worst part of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Even though they know that maybe they're, they're wrong or, you know, and they don't take a step back and go, you know what? I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And they don't do that because also they could, they, they'll still be held to, accountable for it. And nobody, mm -hmm. everyone's too scared to go through that. And I understand that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. people double down. Yeah. And, and a lot of like, especially in the media, it's clickbait. They take things out of context. They're all looking for like a sound bite to, oh, like you said, like that gotcha moment where it's like, oh, I got you there. And, you know, trying to make something out of nothing. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot of that. And I, of that. I hate to be one of those people who goes like, you know, fake news or the media is this and the media is that because there's good media too. Yeah. Informative sources. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, it's really weird. Mm -hmm. You just like, have to I, search it out and, and, you know, not just take what you're given for granted. But I just go by the compass of don't be racist, sexist, or homophobic. And that's it. I mean, that's people it. go, Oh, you're, 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 you're active. You're this, you're that. I'm like, no, I'm just, yeah. just three things. And that's it. Yeah. It's be not hard. It's not difficult. And I'm not, not trying to be better or than anyone else or trying to like be a saint i'm just like this is this is wrong and or lame and i'm gonna say something about it mm -hmm. you know yeah no because eventually it'll affect all of us yeah just be a good human just be good to other humans and just live live your best life you know day to day you know affect change um, I had a guest on before, like, you know, five, five foot circle. Like if you live in a way that you want to leave the five foot circle around you better than when you found it. You I mean, know, I guess I don't even way. live like that. I don't yeah. even live like that. I just like, I just try not to be a dick. Um, and that's it. Mm -hmm. I don't really think about what I'm going to leave or if it's better than before. Just, I just try not to be a dick, you know.
That's a good try. rule. That's a try good is rule. the yeah. Try <laughs> is the you know like sometimes I can't help it, but yeah. we all well, can't. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. Um. All right. Well, I'm. I want to be respectful of your time. Um. I do have a quick segment. Um. That I call the crash questions. Um. So they're just kind of quick okay. fires. You know, it's not anything major it's it's nothing that's you know breaking the mold because other people have similar things so anyway um but the first question i always ask anyone is do you prefer cake or pie probably pie good man <laughs> yeah cake yeah. is cake is where it's at For kids. um <laughs> no pie's where it's at yeah <laughs> you, can, you can a i love apple pie and b uh pizza is actually a pie there you go so yeah, and you get savory yeah. pies, you know, meat pies, shepherd's pie, just pie. I can't eat shepherd's pie, but but uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so what's uh, what's better, um, Chufa de Valencia Horacha or Kylie Minogue's wine? I'm not a drinker, but Kylie Minogue's wine is actually really good, and actually, I actually do like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, I don't drink it. I I. I'm not a drinker. I, I'll have a, a glass of wine with dinner and I sometimes don't even finish that. But uh, yeah, I like, yeah. I like her wine. And I just, I just realized I mispronounced it. It's, it's horchata, right? Oh, I thought you were doing some sort of like red wine brand from Spain no, no, like, or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, horchata. Oh, damn. Yeah. No, I prefer horchata. Yeah, <laughs> okay. definitely horchata. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never, I've never, I mean, I drink, I don't drink dairy milk. I mean, I'll have cheese or whatever, but like, as far as milk goes, it's, um, usually it's oat or an almond milk or something like that. So is that similar to, to that kind of a milk? Like it's not a dairy product. It's an al almond. It's almond. Okay. It's got almonds. So I, I don't know what's in it, but I, I have to assume it's probably just, yeah, maybe almond milk or all depends who makes it. I mean, mm -hmm. there's all kinds, there's, you can get a lower brand in a grocery store or a really high-end one we had the two what is it i can't remember the brand but they were actually sending it to the clubs we were playing in spain for one tour on ice they would send it it was amazing it tasted amazing Chufo uh, de tasted, Valencia. yeah and then uh it tasted better than uh the chufi which is basically the kids drink you get in all the grocery oh. stores in spain right. so you can taste the difference but it's pretty much the same drink mm-hmm is that like the difference between chocolate milk and a, a yoohoo? I I don't know what a yoohoo <laughs> tastes like, but uh it's basically I mean, carbonated watered down milk. It's weird. That sounds disgusting. It, yeah. It, it carbonated is. milk? That's, it's it's that kind of like disgusting. A, yeah. Well, it's a it's not really a milk product, but it's it's like a chocolate drink, but it's kind of fizzy. It's weird anyway. I've only had okay. it whenever I've been down in the States and I've never, I've never had it here in Canada. So <laughs> I've seen it here, but I don't, I don't, okay. have, I don't. Okay. Um, so if you, so if you're hitting the road, either being like in a van on tour and you had one CD stuck in your stereo that you didn't want, what would it be? That I didn't want. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, there's lots, uh, probably like, um that band with a like a shakira cd or or that band uh from the the guys who sings moves like jagger whatever that guy adam levine oh maroon five maroon five yeah uh, those are there's a lot that 
would drive me nuts. But those two, especially, those yeah. are the ones that come to my mind first. So they've got to be at the top of the list, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Or like, or mumble rap, which I hate. Oh, I've never listened yeah. to it. I mean, I've heard oh. clips and that was enough. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a couple more. Uh, so if you had a time machine um, so that you could go to any concert or event and experience it in person, um, where would you go? Uh, probably do the uh, Kiss Love Gun tour. Cool. Maybe Madison Square Garden. I mean, I don't know the, yeah. the specific gig, but that tour probably like Love Gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, that's you're one. a big Kiss fan. Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably my favorite Kiss album. I, I don't know if it is, but I just know that that's when they were firing on all cylinders for me, and man, that would have been a lot of fun to to attend. Mm, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, or any 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 Kiss concert, like yeah, all the, around that whole era up to then for sure. Like from 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 kiss alive uh up to to dynasty or uh yeah dynasty to uh from kiss alive one to dynasty i would have loved to have seen mm-hmm. even the dynasty tour that yeah. would have been awesome <clears throat> cool all right well i'm gonna wrap it up uh, now do you have any plans for another book or bringing the podcast back at all uh yeah i mean i have plans to do the podcast again um in fact i'm like i've got three people that i could do episodes with that are pretty heavy and uh one of them came to me so i definitely want to start it up again um i just have a lot on my plate um Mm -hmm. right now and it's hard because i was i was on a roll just doing it we were touring we were this we were that mm-hmm. and then the pandemic happened and it kept yeah. me busy but it got me to the and then there's things in my personal life that happened and i just couldn't do it and so that was in december of 2020 and the last official episode i really did was with donald tardy of obituary and after that i said okay i'm gonna take the christmas off and then i just like i can't even go back i just mm-hmm. don't have time yeah. so uh i've been meaning to kickstart it there's like three people that yeah i mean i I think he was even yesterday or the day before i got a message going so and so heard you know the episode of this and he wants to be on it i'm like are you kidding me so (laughs) i'd love to talk to that guy because i'm a huge ultra huge fan Mm -hmm. um but i mean if that isn't enough of a a kick in the ass to get it started again. I don't know what is. Um, and then another book is, I definitely want to do that. But again, it, it's, it falls in line with a podcast. I was able to write all these articles because we were touring and, you know, life was a little easier for me, like, you know, here at home. And so, so yeah. I mean, the pandemic in a way happened for me personally, things in my personal life and, and the pandemic, I was home. I could take care of certain things. Mm-hmm. And I wince at the idea that if the, the pandemic didn't happen, how would I do all this? So mm-hmm. that's the reason why it's taken me out of my game. I, I also have um, another noise album waiting in the wings to complete. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my follow-up to the first Throat Funeral album. 
half the next throat funeral album is done it's been done for over a year i just don't have the time to to finish it so there's a lot on my plate beyond the band but connected to the band yeah. um that i just can't i can't do right now mm-hmm. well i i hope you do bring it back as a uh, big fan of the podcast and a, a big fan Thanks. of what you've got in the pipe um can't wait to hear the new danko album when that comes out at some point you know if we got uh, another thanks. one thanks yeah <laughs> so. oh yeah of course i mean yeah. we're all we're always um look that's how we tour i mean that's you know the only reason you can tour is if you have a new album yeah. and we like making them so it's that's kind of easy to do mm-hmm. yeah awesome well again Thank you very much for for being on my podcast, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best in in all aspects of of what you've got going on. Well, thanks a lot. Nice talking to you. And uh, if you see Rich before I do, say hi. Yeah, I'll be I'll be uh, doing one of these with him tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> we've perfect. Got a, then we've got a little oh, project. We'll tell him I say hi. All right, well, oh, great. Okay, sounds good. As always, that was a lot of fun. Um, I really can't thank Danko enough for being so generous with his time and joining me on my my little podcast he and the guys are on their way to the uk um to do a run of shows with the darkness and blackstone cherry talk about a lineup Uh, if you haven't listened to the latest album power trio which as mentioned in the podcast was nominated for juno um do it go do it now so yeah anyway uh, again thanks danko for being on the podcast i hope you all enjoyed it so I'll have all the links to the social media in the comments as usual for anyone to access. Um, so that'll do it for this episode. So until next time, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And uh, yeah, bye for now. <laughs>